This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Inside Access pushes the legal limit. High Rollers with Jason and Ken. 105.7 The Fan. Let's try to make the people some money. Head out to the Ashley Furniture Guest Hotline. We're on the line as the host of BetQL Daily Boost. And BetQL writer Lucy Burge, insider calls are presented by BetQL. Get access to data and insights to sportsbooks. Do not want you to see. Get three free days of BetQL access today by texting FAN to 20357. That's FAN to 20357. And Lucy, good afternoon. Thank you, as always, for joining us. We always have to start with a little bit of uh, nonsense. And I know you're a big fan of the uh, British royal family. Uh, Prince and Princess were at the Celtics game last night. How did you feel about that? Oh, I had so many emotions. Good afternoon. It has been a whirlwind. This royal tour has been so exciting. Um, it is was a kind of surreal feeling to see the royal family, who I follow very closely as as kind of a side project. As um, <laughs> I try not to be vocal side about it every project. day, but whenever Kate has an outfit that I like, you know, it's. It's, it's special. So to see them at the Celtics game was worlds colliding. It was so surreal. And my favorite part of the entire thing was when William met Jason Tatum, and he could not have looked more giddy to meet him. And he's just they're just so genuine, and I, just, I could gush about Will and Kate forever. Um, but they, uh, to have them just down the street is an absolute thrill. They were in Somerville today, and word is, Maybe they will go to the Patriots game. I don't oh. know logistically mm. how that will work, but it would be very interesting to see British Royals at a Patriots game, at a game with a, a team named after the people who yes. tried to leave their country. But uh, I think we're over that as a society now because <laughs> we, we do <laughs> embrace most of us. Some of us embrace the royal family mm-hmm. and accept the fact that they are in existence. So and now on our soil, and it was it's just it, it is thrilling to have them here. Maybe they'll be at the Bruins game as well. But if they go to the Patriots game, I do hope that the Patriots can put a beat down on the Bills in front of the Royals uh, tonight. Well, Lucy, you, you mentioned the Patriots. You give Tom Brady daily updates. There was episode fourteen yesterday. Yes. There was a rumor going around Tom returning to the Patriots after wow. the season. Are you buying it? I am halfway buying it. Ooh. I could see it happen more so now than I did before the divorce, before the Buccaneers are, or I wouldn't say absolutely garbage, but are not great this season. 
And I don't think Brady is having fun in Tampa. I don't think he will be on that team next season. And why not the Patriots? Jeff Howell floating this out there. And I wouldn't be super shocked because he and Robert Kraft are still tight. He and Belichick are praising each other up and down whenever they're given the chance. They're not shutting down any questions about each other. They respect each other. And Brady now wants to win. He said losing is not going to be an indication of whether or not he will retire, but he does want to make this worthwhile, I think, and in this stage in his career, his goal is another Super Bowl, and I think also to just be happy enjoying football, and he would do both of those things back in New England, and with Giselle gone now, from he doesn't live in the same house as her. He can live wherever he wants. Right. I don't think she liked the weather here, which I don't blame her. I was out doing my video today, could not feel my hands when oh. I came back inside. It was a rough scene, but the weather is not great, but I don't think that would be a deterrent for him anymore because he doesn't have to worry about that. His son is in New York, yep. uh, so that's closer to uh, here than it is to Florida, so... I wouldn't rule it out. It would be it would be weird but exciting if he came back. It would it would be a a, a reboot. In this electric boogaloo. Yes. Of yes. Tom Brady up here. It, yes. it would be I think it would be very it would be very cool and to think that maybe because now he's single, he would live in the city of Boston. He did live in a building that is steps away from me oh. where where I live at one point in a very nice uh, mansion it is called and uh, in a nice apartment there at one point and maybe he would move back there and he and I could get a get a protein shake sometime oh, down very the street. Nice. that would be awesome I have, so many, I have so many questions <laughs> um uh, uh in this fever dream yeah. who's the offensive coordinator assuming McDaniels doesn't mm. get fired I don't see him like listening to Matt Patricia, right? So we got to figure that no. out. And then would you run into Brady back in the day? Like, would, did you ever, like at an avocado stand or something? Did, did you ever run into Do him? Do they have avocado stands? If Tom Brady's in the neighborhood. I'm opening an avocado stand. Right. I think he will change the revamp the neighborhood. I think he could be, you know what, it, rather than, would he rather have Matt Patricia be his offensive coordinator or do it himself? Maybe like, no coordinator. Yeah. Take, yeah, just take over the team. I like it. But I, I think he would revamp the neighborhood a bit. I never ran into him. I uh, I don't actually recall if I ever lived in the city when he did. Okay. He moved outside the city. But the Super Bowl parade, I did see him. I was kind of I was in the front row-ish on Boylston and, and did see him pretty close up when he went by. That's the closest I've been to him in the city of Boston. Um, but I, I would assume maybe in a, a nice uh, organic food store or mm-hmm. something. There's a Whole Foods kind of down the street. Maybe he'd be near there. Um, that would be really, really great. And this is, as I'm saying it, hoping more and more that maybe it'll happen. <laughs> Talk, we're talking to Lucy Burge inside Access here on the fence. So, Lucy, were you a softball pitcher at some point in your life? Uh, yes. uh, we you, saw the video. Yeah, yeah. But you did it in, in high school, college. What? How good were you? And, and would you like to bring back that career? Yes. So I was a pitcher in high school. Um, at Miss Porter's school, so it was a, a NEPSAC situation. I was on the JV team, and I was the only pitcher on the team, so there was a lot of pressure, but I loved it, pressure to, to uh, show up and not be sick or injured. Or There was one year I did have a concussion, um, and uh, the one year I did Whoa. not get the MVP was the year I had the concussion, but oh. we, we, we could move past it. 
But, uh, yeah, I was a pitcher in high school. I loved it. I still miss it all the time. I adore pitching. And I wish I didn't I didn't play in college because I, I wasn't I was good, but I had a pitching coach outside of school. Um, and I so I, I worked at it, but I didn't want the the pressure of playing varsity. I liked the, the fun aspect of it because it wasn't as intense. Um, but I did put pressure on myself. I will say I, I, I wasn't bad and I, I enjoyed it very much and I do miss it. Well, I was prompted because you, you, you put out the video and you said you were looking for a personal catcher. So yes. I, I I came up with some individuals yes. who I felt like, you know, maybe you could set odds for us since you're in that industry of the likelihood that any of these following um, gentlemen could be perhaps your future personal catcher. Yes. Tom Brady is on there, of course. Yes. I do have odds for this. Our yes. buddy T-Bone is in there. Xander Bogarts is very much in the news in Boston, and you're a Sox fan, so I thought Xander. And we know your team, Bailey Zappi. Yeah. So we've got yes. three prominent Boston athletes and, and Baltimore's T-Bone. most eligible bachelor, T-Bone. I just wondered if you were able to set those odds for us. Oh, I sure was. My sports book and I got together, and we have some odds here. So... T-Bone is favored. Wow. 300. Oh. So when you when you have a catcher, my catcher in, in high school is still a great friend of mine because there is a trust factor there. And I know Tim. Tim is a friend. I trust Tim. So mm. he would easily here be the favorite to be my catcher. Excellent. Yes. Heavy favorite. Who's yes. next? Brady? Next, you got it. (laughs) Fever dream. Yes, the fever dream. Because you know, if he lives in the neighborhood, that would be a nice little pick up a pick up a ball and go play catch. But he (laughs) did play baseball. Was drafted by the Expo, so I think he could handle catching the heat. I would be throwing. So I think I think he would be second on the list here, followed by Bailey Zappi at plus three hundred. Because he's also around, and he's, mm-hmm. he himself a great athlete. I would trust him over Mac Jones to be my softball huh. catcher. Yes, in in any any situation. Then followed by Xander Bogarts at plus three thousand, because I don't think he will be around mm. in the area to be available to be my catcher. Um, because I do not think he will be on the team. <laughs> Well, forward. Lucy, first off, I'm honored. Yeah. I need I need to I need oh, yeah. to make my way up to Boston. We're starting to go fund me. Yeah. Yeah. We, our program director won't pay for it, so we're going to start a GoFundMe to get T-Bone up there. Yes, we need the content. We're we're going to make it happen, Lucy. Before we let you go, I know you're I in uh, an I think you should leave fan. And oh, did you yeah. see that production oh. started for season 3? Are you fired up? So happy. This is the best news. This is and I know Tim watches this too. The best news because season two, when that was going about, when it was announced and going to come out, I was worried that it was going to be worse than season one. How can they possibly recreate it, make it better or as good? And it was better, so it's only getting better. So season three, high hopes and a lot of promise for this. It, there's no show like this. If you have not seen, I think you should leave. Watch the first two seasons immediately. It's a quick watch, amazing show. So excited for this. Lucy, let's get get some picks in before we let you out the door. Uh, there is a football game tonight. Is there anything that suits your fancy? Oh, a lot of things suit my fancy about this. Patriots plus three and a half. I think that the Bills did fail to cover the spread in four of their last five games, and the Patriots have covered in three of their last four. So I've got faith in them here. I do now looking out the window. The wind is a little bit iffy tonight, but I think the Patriots can handle it, and I think they, they know this is a big game. This is a must-win. This is a must-cover so I'm looking at Patriots now plus three and a half. This line is moving quite a bit. 
Mac Jones, you liking Mac Jones? I do, Mac Jones. Oh, I know as much as it pains me, I think he will go over 225 and a half passing yards. He's hit this over in his last two games. He had 382 passing yards last week, so I like him to go over on this again. Lucy Burge, always a pleasure. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much. Always a pleasure to talk to you all. And Tim, congrats on being the favorite. Oh, it's, a, it's a big day for the bone. Yeah, it's a big Trust day for us. the bone, yeah. So thanks, Thank Lucy. you, Lucy. <laughs> talk to you guys soon. That was the host of BetQL Daily Boost. BetQL writer Lucy Burge. Insider calls are presented by BetQL. Get access to that and insights the sportsbooks don't want you to see. Get three free days of BetQL access today by texting FAN to 20357. That's FAN. <laughs> bone needs a shot clip. of a cigarette, yeah. and he needs the clip. next segment off. Yeah, yeah clip that, Stone. Yeah, two zero three. Three, five, seven. There you have it. Thank you, Lucy Bird. We hit the hot corner next. We'll talk a little Chris Bassett, who seems to be linked to the Orioles, and also uh, more from John Angelos when his GM, Mike Elias, from Jason's sit-down with John from, uh, what was that, last week? We actually week? did sit down. Yeah, well, yeah, it was a sit-down. Uh, yeah, it was in part was at long. Camden Yards and in part at uh, Carroll Park. Well, did yeah. you stand up at the park? Oh, we stood up at, we stood up at Camden Yards, sat down at the okay. park. Okay. Well, that's that's next. Jason Lockenfora and Ken Wyman on the fan. Inside access to the Orioles. Brooks, Cal, Manny. It's the Hot Corner with Jason, Ken, the fan. Sponsored by Home Life Roofing and Remodeling. Call Home Life Roofing and Remodeling today for your free estimate and to learn more about their $47.99 roof and gutters offer. Visit homeliferoofing.com or call 410-864-0178. Jason Lockett, four, had a chance to sit down with John Angelos, the owner of the Baltimore Orioles. He came out to it was cross a sit your... down, stand up. Uh, yeah. uh, technically, a stand yeah. up, sit down. Was this part sitting or standing? This was sitting. Yeah, so it was a sit-down. John joined us at the Cross Street Market, but Jason continued with him for another, what, hour plus? Yes. And here he is uh, talking about GM Mike Elias. I think Mike thinks the way um, I try to think and, and the way I think the kind of people you want leading your businesses, leading your community, think in a stable, disciplined, systematic way, um, conservative um, not penurious, mm-hmm. uh, but 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 conservative and 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 careful with whatever it is, from the smallest budget line to the vision of the future. You know, a baseball club, a football club; these are important things. These partnerships are significant. You, you don't want people in there sort of cowboying it. And um, and there's not in baseball in particular. There's really not room for that because there's such a slim margin for error. We don't have caps and floors. We don't have full balance. Um, the system is going to get better. I'm certain of that, but we're not there yet. So it's incredibly much more difficult road to hoe, road to hoe in baseball because your players keep getting forced out to the big yeah. markets. Now, I think that's going to get fixed mm-hmm. um, in the near future. We'll see. But in the meantime, we got to really not miss any opportunities. And the way you do that is by being balanced, prudent. And that's what I think I saw in Mike and, and very disciplined and systematic. And, and he's... Um, that was music to our ears, and um, and 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 working with him has been what I'd expected, and um, and uh, more. And I think it's again a, a lot, a lot very bright future as a consequence. Seems very positive about Michael Elias. Well, and, and we have at times gotten a little bit worked up, right? Because we're like, 
just do this already. You know what I mean? And they are conservative, and they are prudent, and they have been very measured in how they've approached this. But I think it's it's it was smart of John to prize that in whoever was going to be the next steward of the baseball operations of the Baltimore Orioles. And Mike Elias has lived up to that. And you look at like a team like the Royals, right, where they they took risks on all these pitchers and they were college arms and we don't want to waste them in the minors, so let's push them up and let's try to like extend this thing or make it happen quicker than other teams' rebuilds have, and it's blown up in their face. We've seen it, it hasn't worked in a lot of places, right? The Tigers have kind of tried it a couple different ways. Um, it's not really working there yet. This is ahead of schedule, um, significantly ahead of schedule. And you have to give Mike Elias a lot of credit. And and I, I meant to note this on the show yesterday because it came up throughout the interviews. And and John alluded to it there twice again. And John is, you know, involved in some labor uh, task force and different things at the commissioner's office. He's pretty, like, he's pretty confident that the, the structure of baseball is going to change. After this collective bargaining agreement, or even possibly with horse trading while it's going on during this collective bargaining agreement, and that some other element of the football model, like, it's going to creep closer to that. That was the most intriguing thing I took from that cut, to be honest. And look, Mike Elias is balanced, and he had a plan, and he stuck to it, and now the Orioles are about to really reap its uh, uh, fruit at this point. Like, But the there's never going to be a salary cap. But him mentioning that multiple times, saying that it's going to be a lot more balanced. I mean, you go for the balanced schedule to if you get some more quality with how teams spend. I mean, those are two massive boosts for the Orioles if they come to fruition. Well, And, and there's something else that happened today, and I don't know if you guys read about it. It's more of a sports business thing. But these regional sports networks, especially the ones that are now known as Bally's, um, that were purchased by Sinclair, based here yeah. for like eleven billion dollars five years ago. They're 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 collapsing. Like there was an earnings call, and Sinclair basically was like, "We're not we're not sure a year from now we're going to be able to pay these teams the rights fees that we that we told them, you know, that that we agreed to in the past because they're 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 saying they're running out of money and they have to deleverage themselves and and so I don't know if that's kind of a bankruptcy or what. But let's face it, like MLS and, and, and the NBA and baseball have been propped up in a lot of ways by these regional sports networks and these rights fees. And if if that goes away, baseball's model might have to change because I think it it would if this Sinclair collapsed, I think there were like twelve to fifteen baseball oh, yeah. teams who were tied to this. So the Orioles are an outlier. Yeah, they have yeah. their own thing in mass. You know, yeah. the Mets are an outlier, the Yankees are an outlier. But Red this Sox. would change this would force a rethinking of what do we do with this TV money? How do we share it? How do we make this work? But it's also a two-way street. I mean, the players are going to fight this as hard as possible. Well, you've got to find a way, like I said, to horse trade, to incentivize it. I mean, I, I, I don't know how that process goes, but I know that John has become increasingly close to Manfred and increasingly close to people, other influential owners, and he seems pretty confident that this will evolve over time. Quickly, Chris Bassett. The Orioles seem linked to Chris Bassett. Would you like that? I would. I mean, it's going to be his age 34 season. I, you know, without knowing the structure, it's hard to say. I'd have to think. We just said Michael I is prudent and reasonable. He's not giving this guy four or five years. Um, but, yeah, a bit of a late bloomer. But 
I mean, you look at his his his, his fielding uh, independent pitching. You know, three six six, three three four, three five nine. The last three years, I can live with all that. I mean, this is somebody who was getting Cy Young votes two of the last three years. So, absolutely. Talking about replacing Jordan Lyles' innings, he had 181 innings last year, so he eats up innings there, and he's also a ground ball pitcher. He had the highest ground ball rate of his career at 48.8. I'm all for it, and and that's what we've been hearing is the Orioles are going to be shopping in that second tier of the starting pitching market, and he fits the bill. I don't know what any of those numbers meant that Jason said, but I see the last two years he's 12 and four with a 315, 15 and nine with a 342. I take that at any day of the week. And so that 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 to me is is I I don't dive into the into the nerddom as deep as Jason does. With That's the not really that deep. It's uh, just your ERA when you strip uh, out fielding. And I just I just look at the ERA and the fact that he did as Jay, as uh, Tim said through 181 innings. I, that stuff that stuff intrigues me. But if that other stuff means more and makes him look even better, I'm cool with that. He does hit a lot of guys. Well, I'm gonna get some more fights at Camden Yards. Yeah. Uh, that that's good. The too. last three full seasons, fun. he's hit at least eleven guys. Hey, coming up next, let's reset Lamar Jackson. Lamar did not speak today. He he did practice. Hopefully, going to speak tomorrow. Is this a big deal? Where is this headed? That's next here on the Fan Inside Access with Jason and Ken. Are you team bar soap or team body wash? Oh, that's a good question. I just think the bar soap cleanses you better. Yes. To be honest with you. Yes. Lock and Fora, Weinman, and Barbalace. I've always liked body wash. 1057 The Fan. Been an interesting few days for Lamar Jackson. Uh, of course, showing more frustration post game than we'd ever seen before. Then he reacts to a fan saying he shouldn't get paid and goes off on him on Twitter. Was not available for media yesterday. Said he left early for treatment on his quad. Got to practice late today, but still did not speak. Hoping he speaks tomorrow. Friend of the station, Mike Preston, wrote a column today. uh, Basically telling Lamar Jackson he needs to grow up and the Ravens should stop babying him. But, uh, Jason, where do we go from here on this Lamar Jackson situation? As I feel like... It's not like a a direct crossroads, but like I feel like this thing could start to slip if it continues this way. Well, it's been slipping. I mean, he's his play has for sure. I, I mean, again, they build their team a certain way. They believe in certain concepts. He's running for you know upwards of seven yards carry. They're seven and four. Um, they put a lot of assets in the defense. Defense can't blow 10-point leads. He's, this this guy's provided, what, a two-score lead in every single game, and they've lost four of them. So, I mean, there's a lot of different ways to look at it. I, I also know, I mean, if we're going to talk about quarterbacks and maturity and growth and yeah. development, that there's a guy making his season debut in this division oh, who yeah. got $230 million fully guaranteed, um, and we're talking about a whole hell of a lot more than uh, a, a – a, a tweet, you know? So I, I just think we need to kind of keep some Agreed. perspective there, you know, Kyler Murray and, and, you know, his antics. I mean, I, I don't, I'm not condoning anything Lamar did, but let's just, let's look at the, the panorama of quarterbacks in this league. Um, but it hasn't been good. I mean, since week four, he's got a rating of 80.8. That's fourth worst in the NFL. The only starting quarterbacks worse in that span. Davis Mills lost his job. Zach Wilson lost his job. Kenny Pickett, rookie. 
Um, Lamar's only completing 62% of his passes since then. That's 26th in the league. 6.3 yards per attempt. That's 29th in the league. Seven touchdowns to five interceptions. That's 26th in the league. And we've seen their red zone offense go from, you know, looking really elite the first three weeks to second worst in the league. Since week four, the only team that's worse is Denver, who've been broken all year. Um, and this is a Denver team that's one of the best best secondaries, one of the best pass defenses in the NFL. They can get pressure, and they don't blitz, and they don't give up big plays. They've number one in the league in air yards allowed per attempt, number one in the league uh, in completion percentage, 61%. And they play a lot of cover three and a lot of cover six. And guess what? L- Lamar doesn't really do very well against those zone schemes. So, yes, there's frustration all around. And, again, I don't know that any of us should be shocked because, like, we know, Bone, what the backdrop to this whole season was. Like, we know this whole – because of the contract and because the owner comes out and talks for the first time in three years and basically says he ain't worth it yet, I'm not sure he's ever going to be worth it, and, hey, we're going to tag him next year. Like, this was set up a certain way. It's the story until it's not, until a contract is done or if he's traded. And that's the reality. It was a story the entire offseason. Then Eric DaCosta put out that press release saying the negotiations, we we weren't able to come to terms. And Lamar, he's human. He's 25 years old. The Ravens have the franchise tag, but... He sees guys like Josh Allen, Kyler Murray, uh, Russell Wilson, Rodgers, all of these guys getting paid, and he hasn't gotten his bag yet. And he has the pedigree. And you mentioned Watson. Lamar doesn't have any off the field issues. No, no, I mean he's got that weird what the speeding thing, and then well, that but was he long time ago yes, too. And he busts his ass. I mean the the work ethic has never been a concern for Lamar Jackson. You always see him. Uh, during the offseason meet up with receivers it the frustration is because it's the worst red zone offense under his tenure this is kind of the biggest rut of his career and what's most disappointing about it is the offensive line's playing well and and last year you kind of give him a pass because oh, it was in bad. his head but now the weapons of course are severely lacking here's the worst part about this guys we all saw it coming like we knew, we talked in the we talked all summer. If they don't get a deal done, this is going to overshadow everything. This is going to be the story. If he plays well, how much money is he making? If he plays poorly, what's he done to his career earnings? And and as a 25, 26 year old guy, yeah. it, it's I don't care. Like it's in your head. Like because you could say, well, he's making twenty three million dollars, a lot of money. This is generational wealth. This sets up his family forever. And it's got to be something he's thinking about at this point. And this all could have been preventable. Yeah. And again, I'll even go back to the deadline again. Like, who gets fed? Mm-hmm. The defense gets fed. Yeah, they do. They absolutely get fed. Hey, we'll come back. A little purple rain in the forecast. We'll hear some sound. The coordinator spoke today. What did they have to say? What did Giro have to say about this play clock situation? He's going to tell you next here on The Fan. Inside Access with Jason Kahn. 1057 The Fan. Severe weather alert. Torrential rainfall expected. Purple rain.
Inside access to the castle with Jason Lacanfora and Ken Wyman. Brought to you by LifeMed Institute. When we get sick, it sucks. Get the fuel you need at LifeMed Institute with vitamin booster shots. Call 410-575-1200 or go to LifeMedInstitute.com and boost your defense. You know, all the rumors and whatnot aside, we got a great group of players and coaches here. That are, our singular focus is uh, on this week's game against Denver and uh, their top-ranked defense. So uh, that's really where it's at. That's uh, our man Greg Roman when asked about the reports. about uh, Well, not reports. John Harbaugh. I mean, it's, not, it's not a rumor. I mean, it's yeah. John Harbaugh fact. confirmed he's had con- preliminary conversations with Stanford, Jason. Yeah. Uh, look, there's openings. This is going on. Matt Rule got fired from the head coaching job in Carolina and is now the coach at Nebraska. Like, you know. This is this is how it goes. Um, we do have a poll about we this. We do have a poll, and it's brought to you by Ortho Maryland. They are here when you need them, offering urgent walk-in care, same-day appointments. Don't wait in an ER or urgent care. Go straight to the experts at Ortho Maryland. Harps confirmed that Greg Roman has talked to Stanford officials about the head coaching vacancy there. So, Ravens flock, we ask you, how do you feel about this? What's your level of concern? 71 point. Five percent Giro can go now. Giro can go at the Jeez. season end. Twenty four percent hope Giro stays four and a half percent. How many votes? Uh, about three hundred. Wow. Nobody wants him to stay, Jason. Well, and look, I I, I don't know that. You know, another year, two years, three years of this necessarily makes sense, but. The fact that that many people would like they want him gone now, like they want an interim OC or they want Urban promoted to the job or whatever, like right bleeping now. I think that's I think that's a little extreme. But let's hear more from uh, Giro. And remember, they had some play clock issues this past week. Well, Giro talks about the play clock issues. Really, what we're talking about is a race to be in control. So it's not, hey, how fast can we get to the line and snap it? It's how can we do what we want to do and be in control of the situation. So if we snap the ball an average of four seconds later than other teams over the course of a 70-play game, now you're talking, what, four and a half, five minutes where their offense can't touch the ball? Those are treasures. When you are having operational issues and now you're not in control and you're rushing and whatnot and things are hectic, that's not what you're looking for. So specifically last week we had some headset issues, uh, communication issues, technical difficulties, if you will. And uh, we've got a protocol in place to handle that. we got to make sure we're on top of that, starting with me, making sure that gets communicated. But that's certainly not something we want to do is not be in control. So I see what he's saying. They're, they want time of possession is incredibly important to them. But this is not the first time we've seen this issue, Jason. Well, look, it, if you've tracked these things, you'll see that their tempo of, of play is always near the bottom. And it is by design, and I don't think they ever really want to, unless they're in an obvious hurry-up situation, a two-minute situation, um, they generally don't want the ball snapped before eight or nine. The problem is when it's sometimes snapped on, you know, zero or one or half a second or, you know, two, but then you there's clearly, it's not streamlined. It's not, it's not humming along. No. And, and... Yeah, is is it in theory by design? Sure. The the scramble drills that we've been seeing out there just to get the ball in the quarterback's hand? You, no, no, that's not it's not ideal. 
It's it's a double-edged sword. I, I get what Roman is saying, but there's a vast difference between, like you said, Jason, snapping in at two, but it's it's breaking the huddle with under 10 seconds to go. If you're breaking the huddle with maybe 15, 16 seconds. Oh, yeah, and then running it, that's it, fine. Yeah, and you and you want to wait till five, yep. six seconds left on the clock. That That's a completely different scenario. It's, it's getting out of the huddle much earlier than they have. More from Giro, finishing drives with touchdowns instead of field goals. What it comes down to is finishing drives, finishing, uh, in, specifically in that game, the red zone. thought we did a great job in the plus territory getting down to the red zone, uh, which we, quite frankly, didn't, wasn't up to our snuff the week before. And uh, we put a great emphasis on it. We did well. But you just got to finish those drives with touchdowns. You know, you're not going to get a touchdown all the time, but by gosh, we're, we're going to try. I think I can help with certain things. Execution-wise, I think we can do a little better. So it's all of us. Coach a little better and play a little better down there. Hit us with a by gosh. Uh, yeah, that and, and we, we talked about it earlier in the week that some of the formations and some of the, the schemes in the red zone were not good this past week either. And you have guys dropping the ball. Ten drops in two weeks. Three drop touchdowns in one game. Again. I think there'll be a little bit depend. And and look, maybe the maybe the next guy comes in and is better than him. But I know that they've been able to do some stuff with who they are, which is time of possession team. We're giving the resources to defense. We want to run the football. We want to protect the football. We want to bleed the clock. We don't want to pay receivers. We don't want to you know when we do use high draft picks on receivers, they tend not to be anything close to what we thought we were draft. Like mm. you put all that together. So not good bull you base. You know, like I don't know who you think is gonna come in here and, and and like oh now the scheme is the star and and we're chucking the ball all over the place and 20 yard here and 50 yard bomb there. I, okay. Let's hear from Mike McDonald's uh Stoney. Cut 59. Uh, Adafe Owe. Stats aren't great, but he's still pleased with how he's playing. Oh, His boy. production isn't like stat-wise, isn't exactly where you want it, but um you know, he's doing the things we're asking him to do. So right now I'm you know we're happy with where he's at. Uh, snap counts. I wouldn't take too much out of it, you know. Um, you know, I think it's more of a more of a kudos to JPP and you know how well he's playing the run on early downs. But when when Dafe's been in there, I mean, you know, he's setting a good edge right now. And then when when we call his number to rush, I mean, you know, you can feel his fastball out there. You know, this the, the rushes haven't really gone his way at the end of the day. So, um, you know, we're, we're we're pleased with where he's at, though. I am not buying what okay. he's saying. Sure thing, coach. In fairness, what what is he going to say? Oh, man, this guy really hasn't lived up to the expectations. He hasn't taken a second-year leap. Well, and he hasn't. I, well, but he just, well, yeah, they mean, just told us a bunch of malarkey. You know, about, I, I don't know. I, I don't really mind uh, what he said. The, the reality is he hasn't made an impact. He hasn't come close to making an impact. Just one sack. Well, just six quarterback hits. Don't tell me don't look at the snaps when you're the guy who controls the snap. You're yeah. telling us everything with the snaps. Don't give me that. Took this kid in the first round. You were playing him 100% of the snaps. I'm old enough to remember eight, uh, two months ago yeah. where you're forcing it. Like, oh, you couldn't listen to a broadcast without, oh, they got the message of the production meeting. Oh, always a thing. Oh, yeah. it's it's real. Look how much he's playing. Oh, my God. Like, no, no, you can't have it both ways. Like, just, just tell me he's got things to improve on or whatever. But, like, don't go sell that somewhere else. I, I think don't gaslight me, bro. I, I think maybe you say, "Hey, is he having the season he wanted to have?" No, but there are some things we like that he's doing. But there are some areas he could improve. We've added a lot of guys. There's a lot more depth there. You know, we're we're figuring some things out, and he's got some like whatever. Hey, coming up next here on the program, uh, we're gonna go behind enemy lines. Jeff Legwald uh, covers the Broncos for uh, ESPN, and he joins us next here on the fan. 
Inside Access Runner You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.